So I wanted to record this because I was about to put the show together for you guys for Monday. I actually asked a question last night as I was trying to get my thoughts together on the whole Selena Vega thing. And I don't see it as a bad thing for her. I see this as a good thing. I think she'll have more freedom. She's going to have tons of opportunities elsewhere to where she can be appreciated. And she can even cultivate her, her craft more and become a better wrestler because she has so much potential to be like, this is going to sound blasphemous to some people, but I think she could be a female Rey Mysterio. I think she could, she just reminds me of that. I, I'm now, obviously you have, to, you have to have known her work in TNA as well, but, um, I think it can be. So I'm just doing this cold open really fast. As I was doing some more research, I said, like, let me just look at some stuff up before I put the show together. Sure enough, apparently way before this situation happened, Aleister Black had requested to move back to NXT, and that was denied. So it's frustration on every side. He's clearly not going to resign with this company. I don't know what his contract deal is. I don't know if he had to sign a new deal when he when he got moved up to the main roster because you know they they just moved him and Ricochet up when they're in the middle of being a tag team. Um, and they haven't known. They, to be honest with you, they didn't know what to do with them ever since they lost that entire. Think about this: ever since Ricochet and Aleister Black went to the main roster. They had, they've had no momentum. And if we want to go deeper, Aleister Black lost all momentum when he had that underwhelming NXT championship run, um, unfortunately. Um, and then he got some back when he had the feud with Gargano. And then, like, him and Ricochet got into his tag team. Then they got moved to the main roster. And that WrestleMania weekend, was it WrestleMania 33 or 34, they lose the, the tag team championship match. At NXT TakeOver, they lose the WWE Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania, and that that was it, you know, um, so they really haven't had any momentum since, I know Rick Shea has a, what, one, a, a one or two United States Championships, uh, or was it just one, it was one U.S. title run, Aleister Black has literally done nothing, I mean, I thought they were going to go somewhere with him, but um, they've done nothing with him, so apparently, this was, I don't know how long ago this was asked, but um, now that makes sense. Now when you hear me contemplating like what happened, it's, it feel this will be a good thing for Aleister Black and Selena Vega when they go off and do their own thing, depending on how long his contract lasts. However, I still maintain this, and I said this in the, in the, in the show. This, I, I, in my opinion, this will mark a very... Uh, interesting slash bad situation for wwe in the future so with that being said this is the cold open it was gonna be quick like i said i just need to do a re- some research to see what exactly is going on now that i've seen it you guys go ahead and enjoy the show hope you enjoyed the survivor series top 10 remember this wednesday now i had i i, I was talking about this in, in the show as well i didn't know what i was gonna do for this Wednesday, I'm, I've decided I'm going to go with the Teen Titan review, the live action Teen Titan review show, and then the following Wednesday will be the explanation episode. So enjoy the Teen Titan review, enjoy all the extra content, and remember next Sunday you have, you have some more content. You have an hour long uh, uh, show based around Survivor Series where I talk about January from where I go from January '96 to November 3rd, 1997, the infamous day. So enjoy the show, y'all.
So, welcome to the show, everybody. Let's get right into it. I usually have a hard time figuring out where to start with the show, but this week I think it's pretty obvious. Um, first of all, thank you guys for listening to the content and um, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Um, by the time you hear this, uh, the last part of Survivor Series Countdown will have been um, listened to or put out at least, so you guys have that on in the feed. Um and also, you guys will have some extra content next Sunday, your Survivor Series Sunday. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a request to do an episode on the Montreal screw job. Um, so I did an hour-long episode on it. Um, I don't know why this is still so... I understand the impact. I don't understand why it's still so compelling. But I did an hour-long, and what I did, what I tried to do differently, what I did do differently... I started in January of 1996 up until November of 97. So it's not just talking about the main players. Not just talking about Vince McMahon, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. It's talking about, in my opinion, everything that built up to it and why pettiness was involved and all the other good stuff. So that will be out next Sunday. It's already recorded. It's an hour long that was the I was gonna put it on at the end of this show, and you'll hear me talking about it. <coughs> Excuse me, you hear me talking about it um, in the episode actually, because I kept checking the time on the recorder, and I was like, I think I'm gonna put this at the end of the show this week, and put this in the end of the show this week, and I kept looking at it, and I just kept, because I went so extensive and it went an hour, I said, all right, this would be a show unto itself, so it's all good. Let's get to this week's show. The only way to start is with Zelina Vega being released. By WWE, I I was actually <sighs> waiting for SmackDown to end. I hadn't been on the computer all day except for do homework or whatever. I was waiting for SmackDown to end so I can watch it on uh, DVR so I can go through the commercials like I normally do. And I I just I just still happened to pick up my phone and I look and it says Selena Vega is on Twitch. I was like interesting, and and the, the headline I see. Selena Vega on Twitch, grateful to WWE even after release. I said, and at first it didn't catch, uh, it didn't catch me like that, but I knew something was off because I was like, she, first of all, she's on Twitch, you know. So then they take that from them. That looked and said, release it. Oh, she got fired. So I then started digging into it, seeing the research, and apparently this is what this is all over. So like just reading everything I can read as I record this now, it's Friday night, eleven o'clock Mountain Time. So I'm sure there's more that's going to come out. So I may miss some things by the time you guys hear this because it's the weekend. So more things will come up. But as I as, I'm, as I record this now, apparently Selena Vega had one streamed on October 30th, which was a day after the deadline. Two, she apparently was very vocal and back about them taking over her Twitch account. And so apparently, and apparently from what you know, people wrestlers. And athletes in general don't put their name on uh, reports. I understand why. Not going to knock them for it. They have to make a living as well. Um, apparently, it was no surprise. It was a surprise that she got released, but it was no surprise that she would fight for her Twitch account. Like, apparently, she's she's just like Paige. You know, I didn't talk about it. Uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't talk about it as extensively as I could have. 
But I didn't know what to think about it because to me, I felt, like I said, it's so hard to know because no one puts their name on anything. I wonder if they had the option, and I doubt they did. I, I, I very much doubt they did. But to me, let's say if <clears throat> Rusev is still there, and he says, no, I'm going to go by Miro now. That's fine. I'll just use, my, I'll use, just use Miro. Would that make a difference? Because then it's technically his Twitch account, but to give it over and then get percentage and then it goes against their downside, man, I don't like it. You know, I really don't. This is a, this is, this is like a, this is, a, this is really ugly for WWE. This is really, really ugly. And like, <clears throat> and um, apparently people aren't surprised that Vega was the one to defend herself and say, no, I, I don't want to give you my Twitch account, you know. And she was notified on Friday afternoon that she was being released. Um, I guess this is a warning shot. Hey, anyone else complains about it? You're gone as well. Um, I wonder what her husband thinks about this. Alistair Black, who has been reported the last couple months that, you know, Vincent Mann doesn't see money in him. So I, I wonder what he thinks. I wonder if he's going to want his release. Ironically, one of the biggest things that's going to be funny, and I, I, and I, you can't tell me you won't see this coming, her her ninety day non uh, no compete non compete clause it ends three days before AEW Revolution. That's <laughs> that's some irony there, but this is ugly, and I and I don't even have the words right now. I, I was thinking about this right. I was saying to myself, do I want to wait? Do I want to wait to record this week's episode? And as you guys know, that's been listening for a while, just in case you're new, I record this between Friday night after SmackDown and Saturday. If a lot happens on SmackDown, I need to uh, digest. I wait till Saturday. I was debating on whether or not to do this. And the reason why I didn't touch this is because if they want to use their regular names, their real names on their account, which is, you know... WWE should have no right to that because, once again, they're independent contractors, which we all know is BS. I, I have worked the last three years with independent contractors. I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see that, though. And they were true independent contractors. They paid their own fees. They did everything, right? Everything about them were independent contractors. They came to work when they wanted to. We could not make them stay. Even though there were rules in place, especially now due to COVID, <clears throat> there were rules in place saying they couldn't leave at a certain time, blah, blah, blah. You can't hold an independent contractor because you guys both have a contract. So now you can't breach their contract. So I've having worked with independent contractors before, also having, you know, you know just also dealing with, I've been, I'm in the wrestling business too, I guess technically, right? <laughs> so um, I've seen what independent contractors are. This isn't it. Now if she's fighting to say, no, no, I'm going to keep Selena Vega. That's not her name. That's the WWE's name, you know? Um, I can understand if you're like AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, you you own your name. So, I completely understand if you want to keep it, but even then, if you want to switch it up and go to whatever, I can't be mad at you either. But man, this is an ugly way to end the week, and I'm pretty sure WWE did it as a warning shot. And... There, this is just my opinion. <laughs> Selena Vega did this behind closed doors, right? Why didn't they do this to Paige? 
Because I guarantee you they know Paige will probably make a bigger funk and fuss than Selena Vega. Selena Vega went on there and said she was grateful to WWE, but she did not bash a company whatsoever. Paige would do the absolute opposite. And then Paige would go to AEW or New Japan and wrestle again. We all, Even though she shouldn't wrestle, I know that. I'm just saying there's a reason they chose Selena Vega. Because Paige went on a tirade on her, she went, she, and she also streamed after the, the, the due date. But they did this because they knew Selena Vega. They had to know she's not going to make a deal about this. She's going to tell people she's released, but she's not going to make a big deal about it. She's not going to bash us. Now, she's kind of, she's kind of like, um, now she's probably in the calm phase. We'll see how that it, how that is when her 90-day non-compete is up. And better yet, we'll see what happens if, let's say, Alistair Black decides to leave WWE. Um, we'll see. But they had to know the immediate impact would be her being calm. But the one person that should have been released off of anybody is Paige. But I think they know damn well how Paige would react. That's why they, that's why they chose Selena Vega. As a uh, guinea pig, is the best thing I can think, best word I can think of. Um, but this is ugly, man. This is. I told you guys last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, I've been working on a list of the top ten things in professional wrestling all year, and the top ten thing, best things and top ten worst things, because wrestling's been the only thing that's been consistent throughout this whole entire year outside of outside. Of the pandemic and grown men acting stupid in politics. Um, this this is gonna go on there, man. And, and honestly, I need to look for my uh, top ten list. I, I don't know where it is. I, I, I somewhere around here. I had held off two spots in both sections because I said to myself, I was writing it, blah blah blah. And I said, you know, it's just it's two months left. What can really happen? You know, you look forward to. You know, Wrestle Kingdom, the two-night Wrestle Kingdom, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, let me hold off. Let me hold off and wait because something's going to happen. And my God, did it ever happen. And Selena Vega is not really a big name as far as like... <sighs> She's a big enough name where you know her, but not too big to where it will affect them and help AEW. Does that make sense what I'm saying? And it's not, not Selena Vega, because she's a wrestler. You would never know that because they use her as a manager in WWE, but she, in TNA, she was a wrestler. I think she can improve, but she's also, to me, I think her style reminds me of like Rey Mysterio in WCW. When you put him with the, the, the bigger guys in WCW... There was never any real chemistry there because I don't think those guys actually wanted to work with them. And WWE, those guys wanted to work with him. You know what I'm saying? Like his first pay-per-view match was against Kurt Angle and was a classic. But in WCW, those guys had huge egos, so they were never going to work with a cruiserweight because he wasn't on their level. Air quotes. Again, I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see me. And um, and so to me, like when she's with someone who can deal do with her style, because she's a lucha, in my opinion, I call her, I would call her lucha libre. Um, she's, she's really good, but it goes down to needing the right opponent at this time. 
But you would never know that, though. But she's a big enough name to where you know her, but not too big to where it will help AEW. And this is ugly, man. That's That's the only thing I can say. But my opinion on it is I don't know how this is going to go for them. WWE I'm talking about. But this is not going to be... This is going to be something that makes people think twice. Two things, and I'm going to keep the other one to myself. Because like I said, I'm, I'm doing a whole show based off the top 10 best things and top 10 worst things. And I may actually put them in order now. Because this is ugly. <laughs> and, I, and I guess the, my only feeling about it, my main feeling about it is she's going to be fine. She's definitely going to be fine. Um, she's a talent. But this could be bad for WWE in the future. I'm not saying people won't sign with them because at the end of the day, dude, WWE is like the NFL and the NBA. People have dreams of growing up to be at WrestleMania. They do, you know. And some people are super humble like a Daniel Bryan. They don't need the spotlight. The spotlight might just come on them and they just run with it. But there'll be a lot of talent that they will not get. Triple H may get them. But then they may make an ultimatum like how clearly Gargano and Champa have. They're never going to the main roster. I would be stunned if they go to the main roster. And I'm I'm sure it will be because they're forced to go to the main roster. But um, this is bad. And it's not... uh, Hmm. It's bad and it's disappointing because they just WWE has made the most money they've ever made this year alone. If you go from October of last year to now, they made the most money they've ever made, and they've they've done some interesting things this year. It's really unfortunate. So, anyways, uh, let's move on from that because I'm going to be repeating myself. But I definitely want to start with that because that's a very important situation. And I truly believe this won't be a thing in a month or in six months. But in a year to a two to two years, circle this date, November 13, 2020. This situation is gonna bite WWE in the ass somehow. I can just I I just feel it. The same way you knew that the changing of a guard, the changing of the guard, when Jericho showed up in New Japan and challenged Kenny Omega to a match, that changed the entire landscape, and that brought in AEW. Without Cody accepting the challenge of Dave Meltzer, saying that ROH couldn't sell out a show, and then him getting with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club and all these people and the Elite, and without Jericho and Don, well, without Don Callis. Saying, hey, Jericho, you need to hear these guys out. This is a great opportunity. We don't have AEW. This is going to mark something bad for WWE. There may be lawsuits over this that they will lose. No matter how good, uh, whatever his name is, their lawyer is. His name is all over the place. I forgot his name. Uh, McDevitt. No matter how good he is, I don't think he can get him out of certain things. Because I guarantee you that was not in their contract. But anyways... Uh, easy to know where to go from here now. Let's just stick to some more sad news. We'll, we'll do the news and notes, then we'll hit the shows. WWE released Tony Chimmel, former WWE announcer. He was released this week as well. Another cut. 
Uh, I had no clue about this next fact. It wasn't until I started watching the Wrestling Observer listening to, uh, uh, I forgot his name. It's not Dave Meltzer. Who's it? Brian Alvarez. I would say the guy everybody hates. Um, where I found out that he that he was with the company since 1983 in some form or fashion. I thought he was released. I had no clue before. So I started doing my research and more and more. He's been on the live event side of things, which makes perfect sense. Because as the announcers get older, they want to get younger, blah, blah, blah. That's why I took um, uh, Howard Finkel off and, and he was t- taken off as well. Well, um, he was on the live event side and that, that's a long run. That is a long run. So uh, he's going to be fine. I'm sure they'll bring him back eventually. But this, what this tells me is something deeper. This tells me that even when we do get normalcy back in this crazy world, um, which seems like a long way from now because uh, COVID's spiking again, but if it feels like um, it feels like live events are never coming back. Now, once again, they had already scaled them back before the pandemic hit hard. Um, but now I think this might that, that this might be the uh, uh, the end of another era for WWE. They might not be doing live events anymore. When I say they, like, what I mean, like I mean like a full live event schedule, not like the Christmas house house shows at Madison Square Garden. Those are traditions. Those always sell out. I'm talking about like house shows where like people like where SmackDowns on the road four days a week, Raws on the road four days a week in different cities. So that's unfortunate. He got released. Uh, obviously, his, the best to him in this, these times. But uh, he had what was that forty year run or close to it at least? Um, yeah, thirty seven years. So much much respect to him, and I'm sure he'll find his way. You know, um, but that 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 just shows that uh, WWE seems like they're just about the money right now, man. So, anyways, I was gonna talk about the Jim Hurd interview today. There's so much to unpack from it that I'm thinking about doing a, another side show just in his dropping on a Friday. I'm actually going to go back and listen to it a few times so I can catch everything because he said some things. He denied some things. It's clear he does not have love for Ric Flair. So that 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 is neutral that he does not like Flair. So all the hatred that Flair and Jim Cornette and other people have against Jim Hurd, Hurd was spitting his own ether as the kids would say back at them. But I want to watch it a few more times and digest some stuff because he's, he's older and sometimes he's mumbling and I couldn't really understand him. Um, so I'm going to go back and listen, listen, watch it a few more times and I'll do a, a side separate thing to it because I feel like it's he he said some stuff that I want to talk about later on. Um, AEW, their big announcement about the video games was that they have three video games coming out. Two of them are mobile games and they're like, the GM mode and a manager mode or whatever. I don't play mobile games, so I could care less about that. The console game looks amazing to me. I know some people were kind of knocking it. They kept they kept talking about Jericho as a fat neck. Well, this is not what it's gonna look like at the end. This is obviously like prototype and just something to show an example of. But what I thought was cool is that they're actually working with Ukes, the team that had uh, WWE games before. Um, they lost them to the 2K. Uh, series uh franchise or whatever 
Um, but to me, I'm looking for because like the look I like. Reason why I say it looks cool is because it's bringing it back to the the arcade style. To me, wrestling games should be arcade style. Should it doesn't have to be over the top like the earlier SmackDown games were, but it should still be fun. You know, if, to me, when I first when it, when T- 2K first took over and they first started like making it more realistic and stuff, that's cool. But wrestling is over the top. So now, like. Instead of like, and I get it, earlier SmackDown games, you could just climb up the ladder, jump and get the belt in 30 seconds, right? I like the ladder matches being more competitive, and it, but it got to the point where I wouldn't, if I saw a ladder match, oh, I'm going to lose that shit. Doop, <laughs> skip. Because it just became too hard because then people wouldn't stay down. You know what I'm saying? Cause, and then it'll take you forever to climb up the ladder, and it's like, dude, come on, man. You know? Um, so I do like the arcade, that, that, that they're going back to the arcade look of it. They're clearly going to be dropped next year, so we're not going to see any more of it. So the steals we got are whatever. Sheeta's in it, obviously. Jericho, Omega are the three that they um, sh- uh, showcased and highlighted. The commercial's pretty funny, or the, the promoting thing is pretty funny. Of It was Ref Aubrey, Cody, Omega, and Britt Baker, all dressed as Steve Jobs. So it was a funny little skit that led into it. I'm going to check it out. Um, well, it depends. If it's only for like play the newer gen stuff, if I don't know how, I don't know if I'm gonna have the newer gen. I usually try to wait like a year, a year to a year and a half before I buy a newer gen, just because they usually like the first ones that come out usually have like bugs in it and stuff. Then you gotta go back and do all this stuff. So you pay for this five six hundred piece of equipment. Then you gotta get it fixed, and then you have to mail it off or whatever. So. I usually wait like a year to a year and a half. So we'll see when this thing comes out. I'm assuming it's not going to come out till this time next year. So I may have one by then. We'll see. We'll see. But to me, it looks cool. I like the fact that they're bringing back the arcade look. That's always cool. Um, the NWA Tag Team Tiles. Another NWA Championship has changed hands. I thought that was interesting. To Aaron Stevens and uh, J.R. Kratos. And uh, to me, what is even more interesting, because, oh, yeah, by the way, Sarah Deeb is defending the NWA Women's Championship this Wednesday against Thunder Rose in a rematch. So, so I'm checking out. That should be fun. Um, this is how NWA is going to stay alive, I guess. Because uh, Corgan, Billy Corgan has been adamant that they're not going away. And I'm all for it. Uh, you know, I enjoyed the show. I, I could watch it. Um, but this is a good way to keep them in the public eye, even if it's just every now and then you might hear from like these IPPVs or whatever, it's to me it's a good way to just to uh, to stick around and to stay relevant somewhat. And the fact that AEW has been very selfless with this is is awesome. You know, I think it's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, many many people are laughing because this 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 Survivor Series is going to be thirty years of Undertaker, and supposedly supposedly. Um, it's going to be the final farewell. I'm not going to debate that with you. Whatever that means. It feels like there's going to be a part, a segment of the show that they're going to dedicate to the Undertaker, and it seems like they're going all out. Because they're apparently getting Kane to appear. The Bone Street Crew is going to appear. And the Bone Street Crew, I've never been clear exactly on who all is in the Bone Street Crew. I know Yokozuna was in it. I believe the Godfather was in it. I believe the Godwins were in it. Rikishi, 
and Savio Vega, I believe all of them, except for Yokozuna, obviously, because he's passed on, will be in it, and so will be there. Um, what they're gonna do is it feels like it's more of a Ric Flair kind of thing on his last, like after he retired, and everyone came out and celebrated. It feels like it's gonna be that kind of thing. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna skip it because I won't believe it until I see it that he's actually, you know, retired. So I think I'm gonna skip that part of the show. Um. Speaking of Survivor Series, Seth Rollins is expected to take time off after Survivor Series, and that makes sense because Becky Lynch announced her pregnancy in what June or May? May? When, when, when was May in the Bank? May? No, I think it was June. Hold on, because she didn't defend the title after WrestleMania. WrestleMania was in the beginning of April. I don't know. Either way, she's she's coming close to, to being due. Especially if Vince McMahon wants her back for WrestleMania, which is insane. But uh, she's going to be due soon, so that makes sense. He's going to take time off, obviously. He's a kid on the way. Um, so, no, congratulations to him. And, uh, <laughs> and it looks like he's going to go out, you know, giving back. You know, which I don't think Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins has a problem with, obviously. Um... We already talked about Don Callis, and because some people did ask me how was he at full gear, and we talked about Don Don Callis is a huge part of AEW's existence, Uh, and I don't just feel that way. Apparently, Tony Khan feels that way as well. Like like I said, Don Callis was the one who convinced Jericho to go have the meeting with the New Japan people, and then he convinced Jericho to have the match. So there you go. this is something surprising I read that most of the talents that were released, you know, on, on Black Wednesday earlier this year in WWE, apparently a lot of them were asked to come back, but with lower pay. But the thing is, it makes no sense to come back for lower pay when you can. I, I don't know how much TNA is worth right now, but TNA could probably throw around some money, some change, probably more than that, and and you'll be using probably using in a more creative way, you know. So it wasn't reported who these talents were, but. I don't know if any of them are going to come back for a lower pay and be locked in for five years. That's got to be that's that's got to be insane. Same my years, same rules, but less money. I don't I don't care how much your dream is. You got to eat, and especially during your prime years, I just don't see it. And and now with the Selena Vega thing happening, I I don't see it. I just don't see it. So I don't know. Uh, an interesting story. So apparently, Kim, Ken, Kenny Omega was voted. I said Kimmy. Kenny Omega was voted into the Observer Hall of Fame. Now I've never really paid attention to the Observer Hall of Fame, and I believe they go based off of votes on your ballots, and you have to get over like a fifty percent uh, for votes. Like the fact that I, I found out this week that Sergeant Slaughter wasn't even in, and I was kind of like, wow, that's that's crazy to me. But Kenny Omega obviously has gotten in because more vocal audience. The last so even even if you take away his first year in AEW, right? I still take away his first year in AEW. He would get in off of the strength of his matches with Okada alone. The cleaner period got him in, right? But let's look at his first year in AEW for his underwhelming air quotes as people say it is. You guys can't see me doing that. Uh, the uh, the match uh, could, uh, what what could be in line for a match of the year contender. Was that tag team match at Revolution between the Bucks and Omega and Hangman? 
And also, if you look at the Observer, which Dave Meltzer owns and runs, the only two six-star matches he's ever given have involved Kenny Omega, the one with Okada in Japan, and in Revolution. So I, I know this, I know he's a very d- divisive figure. I don't see why he's a good wrestler. Um, he can go all day. I don't get it. But I, but when I saw the list of the wrestlers that are gonna be on the ballot for next year, I I had I had to make some people mad by saying the list. I have to say this list to you guys. So next year, their first year on the ballot for the Observer Hall of Fame. Include Nikki Bella, Dorel Dixon, Bill Dundee, Seth Rollins, Okada, John Moxley, the Hollywood Blondes, not the ones you're thinking about, the Buddy Roberts and Jerry Brown version of them, Octagon, La Parker, not the one you're thinking about, the AAA version, and Psycho Clown. Now, I, that is that is a list. That is a, one hell of a list. Um, I said I never voted for Observer Hall of Fame. Like I said, I just saw this and said I and I was just intrigued. So Okada obviously should get in. Rollins, Moxley, but there's so many old school names on here too that you probably don't know, like Bill Dundee, like Dorel Dixon, like the original Hollywood Blondes, that La Parker, a AAA version. Um, that like it's kind of like I don't I just don't know how it works, and I think it's off off base of fan votes. I think like I said I would need to dig deeper into all of this. This this whole thing just intrigued me. That's why I had to say it. But when I saw the first name of Nikki Bella was gonna be on there, I was like interesting. She has so many fans, yet so much hate. They kind of cancel out each other. She's a she, the, the 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 Bella the Bella Army as they call it air quotes I'm doing air quotes you guys can't see that is just divisive, but they have a fan base a strong fan base, but it's just the hate blocks it out. And also, if Rollins and John Moxley are on here, why aren't Roman Reigns on here? Like, I'm just curious of how this thing. If someone knows, let me know. Please, like, email me and let me know. You know what I'm saying? That's just very interesting to me. Um, but yeah, let's, let's hit, let's, let's hit the show. I just, I just had to say that, but yeah, Kenny Omega's in his first Hall of Fame. How about that, huh? Um, do I want to hit Raw first? I really don't want to hit Raw first. Let's hit SmackDown first. SmackDown was interesting because Drew McIntyre just showed up, draft be damned, and, uh, him and Roman Reigns had a nice face-to-face, and matter of fact, we're going to hit Raw and SmackDown the same. We're going to hit some points from both of them. So it was announced on Raw that this coming week on Raw, Drew McIntyre will challenge Randy Orton for the WWE Championship, as well as the New Day will defend those tag belts against the Hurt Business. Well, Drew shows up here, and he's pretty much telling, and Reigns, are, Reigns told him, he said, I don't watch Raw. Paul Heyman then chimed in, not missing anything. He's absolutely right. Um... And then they went face to face, and then Jay also came out and said he had it. You no, know, so he 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 said I got it, and he said that you no, know, he was disrespecting the head of the table, whatever. So then Drew said, "All right, let's have a match," you know. So Jay and Drew had a match in the main event. Drew McIntyre won. Like Jay was gonna leave, Roman Reigns came out, looked at him. Jay went back in, 
did not want to go back in. Got hit with a Claymore and lost. Um, in their final, they promised this was the end of the feud, the final chapter. Rey Mysterio, with an assist from Murphy, defeats Seth Rollins, one, two, three, even after he botched the first uh, 619 attempt. Um, they finally accepted Murphy into the family. Um, this whole thing is creepy, and I. And it's funny, right? So. I just started, I just got my Hulu's, Hulu uh, account back. So, I I don't know what happened, but like a month ago, Hulu was acting up, and like, it wouldn't take any payment from any card I had. So like, I was trying to use PayPal, it wouldn't take my PayPal. I was trying to use my, 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 my credit card, it wouldn't use my credit card. I was trying to use my debit card, it you get the point of this. So I said, no, I'm going to let it go for a month. And then when they lose me, they're going to try to come back. So when they lost me, they kept calling me. But I said, well, you, 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 your, your service is acting up, blah, blah, whatever, right? So finally, I got back tonight, as a matter of fact. So I started going through Hulu, seeing what was on there. And apparently, it's some show on FX where a teacher is going to seduce a kid. That's what this reminds me of. I was I, I was intrigued for a second and then reminded me of this storyline. I said, no, thanks. I won't watch. Um, yeah, this whole thing is weird, but this is supposed to be the end of the feud. I know next week is Rollins versus Murphy. I'm assuming what I said earlier about Rollins was he's going to lose to Ray, he's going to lose to Murphy, and they might have like a loser leave town match or something at Survivor Series, and Rollins will be gone. That's what I'm assuming, right? Um, Chelsea Green makes her SmackDown debut after not wrestling since May 27th, and she won't be wrestling for a very long time after this now. Um, apparently after a drop kick, she landed awkwardly, according to her, this could be storyline. I don't know as, as I'm recording this, it's literally hours after, but I don't, I, so I don't know if this is storyline or not. I haven't had time to dig into it, but apparently she broke her arm or really messed her arm up badly. But think about that. She's, she got COVID, then she was cleared to go and she hasn't wrestled since May 27th. She makes her main roster debut. And gets hurt. In the match that, by the way, Liv Morgan wins to join us, the women's SmackDown team. And it looks, I, from the look at things, it looks like they're going to win. Even though I don't know the full team yet. It's just, it's just Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot. Neither one of them are winning. Bianca Belair is on there too. I'm assuming she's winning. But the way things are going with the Raw Women's SmackDown, I mean, Raw Women's team, there's no way they're going to. I just don't see that even coexisting. Um. Sami Zayn defeats Apollo Crews, who somehow just randomly got an Intercontinental Championship match after not seeing on TV since he's got his butt kicked by the Hurt Business. I haven't seen him at least. Dolph Ziggler has like a five-minute match with Otis. Otis got the win. Carmella attacks Sasha Banks again. And to me, that was... All right, like we know Carmella is complete and utter filler for the eventual... Long title, long title run of Sasha Banks' career. We know she's just filler. I'm okay with it, I guess. Whatever, right? So the rest of Raw, I did enjoy um, the promo. Not the promo, but it was like the Batch Day segment that Nikki Cross and uh, uh, Alexa Bliss had, where Nikki Cross was like, hey, you need to choose between me or The Fiend. And Alexa Bliss chose The Fiend. I still have no idea where this is going besides some type of child's play stuff. But I'm still interested, very much interested. Um, as I said about those title matches next week, they have notoriously changed belts before before Survivor Series recently. Don't know if it's going to be a thing. I'm assuming that one or not. 
if I had to put money on it, I'm almost just assuming her business are going to take those tag team titles from the New Day. I always assumed the New Day were going to be transitional champions anyway. I, I don't, I don't think either match Orton or Drew to against Reigns is appealing. Orton is a less a less appealing match, but now you have Drew McIntyre showing up on SmackDown to confront Roman, and he's like in this zone. And he's like, I'm going to tear him apart. I'm going to show him what. They may change both titles. The, the Hurt Business might be in the Tag Team Champions. And Drew might get that belt back. Um, I just don't know why they would have him lose it. I, I don't get that to begin with. So that's why I'm kind of confused by that, you know. But I'll stick with Orton and the Hurt Business. But I just... If they give it back to Drew, I don't understand why they would have him lose it in the first place. I, I, I wouldn't understand that. Now, something is going on with Drew because he has multiple storylines going on. He has a storyline with Orton going on, but he also has this, this thing with Drew McIntyre with uh, Sheamus going on. Where Sheamus is like, I, I told you I need you on the team. You're the only person I can trust. And they're reminiscing about back in the day and stuff. Now, this could very well be lead to them being a tag team and him kind of being taken out of the title picture for a while. I don't think neither one of them need to be in a tag team. I mean, Sheamus just came back after being in a tag team for the last three years. Um, but I don't know. He's in multiple stories right now, so I'm very curious to see where the Sheamus thing go, goes. I, I, obviously, they have good chemistry. They're obviously friends. Um, I would love to know where that's going. Um, the, but the Raw Women's Tag Team for Survivor Series is in shambles. Lana's being put through tables every week. Um, it, it's, it's, to me, it's, I don't, like, actually both teams, the women's and men's are both in shambles. I, I, I guess this might be their out for losing that Survivor Series. I don't know. Um, it's whatever. Um, and also, like, is Ricochet joining Retribution? Like, he had a great match with Ali. Ricochet is so underutilized, so underappreciated there. This feels like one of those things where it's like, if you can't beat him, join him type of thing. Um, I don't want to see him join, though. God. I'm, I, I was telling someone this week, I've never tried my hardest in my life, in my entire life of watching wrestling. I've never tried so hard to like a gimmick because I don't want to see the people in the gimmick get screwed over. Like, I, like think about this, right? Think This is just my opinion. Mia Yim is one of the most gorgeous women you'll ever see in your life. She is Asian with a mix of soul. And they put a mask on her. I do not understand it. I do not get it. I'm, I'm trying to understand it. I don't know. Um, I've never tried so hard to like something and I am failing miserably when I'm sniff uh, I'm sniffing that hopium I am trying my best to sniff as much hopium as possible my dealer is, is my dealer has been on call for the last three months since this thing came about uh, I don't know Um, I do enjoy the hurt business like, like people try and join them and they're like constantly beating them up I enjoy that part of Raw, you know, but like so much of this is so over the place. And like I said, that's why I'm kind of over the place when I'm talking about it because everybody feels like there are multiple storylines. Multiple people are trying to join her business. Her business, her business is beating them up. 
but the Hurt Business is also going after the Tag Team Championships. But also, Bobby Lashley is trying to uh, show his dominance. You know, so he's beating people in like a minute or two. Like he beat Titus here. Or was it Titus he beat? Yeah, he beat Titus in like 30 seconds here or whatever it was. Um, everyone's in multiple stories. Nikki Cross is pretty much not even in the women's division because she's trying to get her friend back. Uh, Alexa Bliss and The Fiend, they were, they were messing with Retribution, but they were also messing with Randy Orton. Once again, multiple storylines here for everybody on Raw. These are Raw Women's Tag Team Champions who are constantly defending the belts. But, like, they're also trying to lead the team, but also having dissension amongst each other. They're, like, three different storylines. It's all over the place, you know? Um, so I don't really know what to think about it a lot of times. Um, so I kind of watch, pick and choose what I watch so I don't go crazy. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much what happened on Raw. <sighs> I, SmackDown was eh, as well. Once again, the Roman Reigns stuff is still so appealing to me. Um... But that was going Drew being in. I don't know where I don't know where they're going. I'm, I'm interested to know where they're going with Drew. He's more interesting to me now than he was when his when uh to me. I was interested in him at the Royal Rumble up until WrestleMania, and then I think because they kept putting him in the ring with people I had no interest in. Now, in fairness to them, they had to work with what they had, and if, if you have Dolph Ziggler, he's going to be in the matches every week. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to be fair to that, but I, I know he would have had much better title reign. If this pandemic wasn't a thing, but it is so. Um, NXT, um, <laughs> the biggest news came out of that was Johnny Gargano losing in like three minutes to Leon Ruff and lost his North American title. Some people were mad by it. Some people were like, you can't play hot potato with the title. I think with a character like Johnny Gargano, you can. I think, I think Gargano does not need a championship. Unfortunately, he's one of those guys that like. He is just entertaining either way, and this this Johnny Gargano is, it, it, I can see it making him go crazy, and it furthers the beef with him and Damian Priest. It takes both of them out of the title picture, and Leon Ruff. I don't know how long he's gonna keep this belt. I'm assuming he's probably gonna have it to at least the next pay per view, and whoever beats him is gonna be a, just gonna destroy him. This this kid's tiny as hell. Um, Champa, I saw something. I saw something so funny. So wrestling with regret, uh, Brian Zane. Check out his YouTube channel. He's a he's a pretty entertaining guy. <laughs> As he was reviewing this, I look up and it says Boomer Champa. And the way Champa has come off in these promos is like that old Vietnam vet when you're talking like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna go get some cold water. Yeah, we couldn't afford that. Nom. You know? <laughs> That's how Champa comes off here. It's so hilarious. Uh, but yet I wonder where he's going. Is he just gonna start beating up unappreciative? I'm doing air quotes, you guys can't see that. People in NXT, I, I, he's just been cutting promos recently, so I don't know. Um, Jake Atlas once again lost the Cruiserweight title match to Escobar. Uh, that this was a really short match, so was, I don't even know why Jake Atlas even got. I I know Escobar wanted to show him like who's boss or whatever, but he lost here clean clean as a whistle, you know. So I, he shouldn't get no shot for a while. Um, Zia Lee never showed up for the match she asked for. So Boa comes out and tries to apologize to Raquel Gonzalez, and Raquel Gonzalez will have none of it. She destroyed him. Then she said, keep your names out of my mouth. And as she left, the lights went red, lights went dark. Some Asian guy came out limping, and like he wrote a symbol on Boa's hand and uh, left. So I'm like, all right, this gets more intriguing as we go. 
and where the bleep was the Zaylee? Z- she asked for this match. Um, that's very interesting. Uh, Candice Ray beat uh, Tony Storm by cheating. Afterwards, Indy Hartwell revealed herself after they both beat down the faces. Phil, Phil and Smell a tag team match coming. Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae versus Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, a post-match interview. Uh, I love their post-match interviews. The, the, the Garganos. Uh, you can hear Candice saying, this is my daughter. She's like my daughter. So Indy Hartwell. Uh, so yeah, that was not a reveal at all. But some people think it's actually two. So some people think the second person help, that helps them out, if there is a second person, is uh, Austin Theory. I never thought it was two people. I thought it was one. But if they have two and it's a little mini faction, I don't think you need another one. But sure, why not? Gives Austin Theory something to do, I guess. Um, Timothy Thatcher beats uh, Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Uh, and Loomis, their, their battle is still going on. Um I'm looking forward to them having a regular match. I know some people really enjoyed their Halloween Havoc match. Uh, Once again, the whole cinematic thing, I'm over. I I think it's been abused this year. Um, So I want them to have a regular match. I I, I feel like it'll be good. Um, And also, finally, we will get to know what's going to happen with Finn Balor next week. I am really hoping he does not have to uh, relinquish that NXT championship. If he does, I'll I'll have more thoughts on it then. But if he does, I wonder who you give that belt to next. I would assume you have to give the Champa, right? The boomer of the division, and it feels like he's kind of in flux. And, and him having that championship, he can say he's back home where it's appreciated because he technically never lost it. So you could kind of do the same thing with with him that you did with Roman. Put the belt on, put the belt back on him, make him a heel again because he right now he's a tweener. But make him a heel and kind of just have him go on with it and he can lose it at the, the NXT uh takeover WrestleMania weekend. But like I just I think if he has to do it, but I really want Baylor to keep it because I think Balor um could do well with it and have some great matches with it as well. Uh Birch and Lorcan defeated Brazango to retain the tag team titles. And uh Drake Maverick comes out and Tries to help these guys out. Tries to tries to cost them the tag titles and all that stuff. And he is beaten down for his trouble. So I don't know where this. I, I, there's been no announcement of a war game. So I don't think a war game is coming. They still have, they still technically have two weeks before Survivor Series. Two weeks or ten days. They like they have, yeah they have like nine or ten days. But nothing's been announced. So I'm assuming that we're not getting that. So we're just gonna have this guy, these guys, just keep destroying everybody until Undisputed Era comes back, and we have a big blow-off match between these four, these eight people. I'm I'm interested to see about that. So that was your AEW. I thought it was an overall entertaining show. Um, let's finally hit up with AEW. Then we're out of here for the day. Um, like I said, most of this, most of this, the content that if you're looking for that um, the best of countdown, it ends. It'll end today. It'll end the day before. As you hear, this is Monday. It'll be Sunday. It's still in the feed. It's right before this episode, though. Um, so yeah, it was AEW. Kenny Omega will get his shot. They were. They're not waiting for Revolution. It'll be December second. December second. AEW Dynamite. Omega Moxley. AEW World Title. As we get closer, I'll give my opinion on who I think will win that. Jade Gargill, if that's how you say her name, 
I am not familiar with her. I've been asked that too. I do not know who this is. Um, unless she went by a different name on the Indies. I I try to I try to look at that clip a couple of times. I don't she doesn't I don't I don't recognize her. Um she made her T uh, her TNT AEW debut and she teased Shaq. I am not a fan of seeing Shaq versus Cody. I'm gonna say that right now. I know Shaq was very vocal about wanting to, to meet Cody in a match. Shaq is as I as someone told me, he's ten years too late. No interest in seeing this at all. This was a good segment. Uh, kind of went on a little too long. Um, and then Brandy came out. Brandy came out trying to be as hood as can be, which was really cute slash hot. And um, I thought it was funny as Brandy after after Brandy comes out. And by the way, TNT is terrible at blanking these guys when they're cursing. Um, Jay Gargell cursed. They completely missed it. Brandy cursed. Compl- Even though I think most people. See- it depends on what day of the week it is. Some days they blank out, bitch. Some days they don't. It doesn't matter. Anyways, um, as Brandy's leaving, Jade smacks her on the butt. <laughs> and Brandy turns around. She drops the mic. Jerry Lynn, poor Jerry Lynn runs out there. And Jared had right. Jared was like, oh, we're going to need more than Jerry. <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was really funny. Um, MJF and Wardlow have been inducted into the inner circle. And they've already started tormenting these people. It was clear that Santana and Guevara did not want them in there. Well, Guevara got a text to go to the football field. So he missed the entire induction. All right, he's already set, he's already just causing dissension in the ranks here. And Jericho can't see it. And he's gonna break them. He's gonna I don't people think he's gonna take over the inner circle. I think he's gonna break them up from within. Um and I think they're gonna all go their separate ways. I don't think there is going to be an inner circle. That's just my opinion. I, um, yeah, I just don't think there is. Now, they could, and it could be a babyface Jericho. I think the point of this is to write Jericho off, obviously, because I think he's going to start touring again next year, uh, which I don't think is as wise. I don't think anyone's going to let him. Some states, Florida may let him tour, but I mean, some states aren't going to let him tour because a lot of states are shutting back down right now here. But I think the idea is, uh, some people say it's to kick Jericho out. I think it's just to destroy the entire inner circle and just show that I, I, I'm a I'm a, uh, I'm a I'm a mess bringer, <laughs> you know, of, uh, MJF's thank uh, terms. That that nightmare family match with QT Marshall and Dustin versus the Butcher and the Blade was awesome. It was a bloody mess, um, but everyone got their comeuppance. Uh, Bunny went through a table. There was a cool elbow drop from the top, a diamond cutter. I cannot recommend this match enough. I say you should at least spend the 20 minutes to watch this match. It was enjoyable. And the fact that it was a TV match was pretty awesome. Uh, it would have been a hell of an addition to the pay-per-view, but they didn't need it. But this was fun to watch. Um, and it, it should end that feud. But it was a brutal match, too. Blood everywhere. Speaking of blood everywhere, last week I talked about my... Talked about my collecting, my collecting uh, hobby, and I just saw just like a couple hours ago, Ringside Collectibles. The minute I think I'm like, all right, I'm done for the year. I'm gonna put away some money, blah blah. I do put away money, but now they have this new collectible out, this brand new Ringside exclusive of the Cody and Dustin match from Double or Nothing, their first Double or Nothing. It's been being all bloody up and stuff. I was like, oh. Gotta get it. I gotta get it. 
So now I have four things on my list I got to get, get for the rest of the year. And after that, I'm done. I always say that. But it's if you're, if you're a collectible fan, check out Ringside Collectibles. It's the first thing that's going to be up there. It's the Dustin and Cody 2-pack two, two of it. And that's pretty freaking awesome. So, Anyways, finishing up this. Uh, Tay Conti and Red Velvet had a really good match. I liked it. Some people said the, 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 the ending was botched. I don't know if it was botched. Like, um, I think like, like, so I start. So the first time I watched it, I looked at it and I, I wrote down something looked off, right? But I did that through the lens of people that were telling me it was botched. So I went into it expecting a botch, but when I didn't see an uh, uh, a when I didn't see a, like a straightforward botch, I was like, what's going on here? So I started looking deeper into it. So I watched it like two more times. I think the Tay Conti thing, if you look at the story they're trying to tell, Jay, uh, Anna Jay is trying to get her to cheat. Hey, this is how we do things here. And she's trying to tell her, Tay Conti is trying to tell her, I don't need to cheat. I'm that good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, and like, and like even if you look at her face, by the way, she had, a, she had, the, she had Velvet, who can sell her butt off, in a uh, gory special into a knee, which was a pretty pretty cool finishing move well she pins her as she pins her she looks over to the dark order and she's like she kind of she's kind of in shock that she won it clean and you can see Anna jay kind of like looks disappointed to me i don't think anything was botched i think that's the story they're trying to tell i think the story they're trying to tell is she's you know her and Anna jay are close friends she's not doing things the dark order way because Anna jay threw a chair in there and like conti's like looking and finally, she sees, she sees Aubrey turn around. So she throws the chair out. She's like, no, no, I don't need that. So I can see this being a thing where she's not even going to be allowed to be into the Dark Order. Because they, they're going to they're gonna make Anna Jay beat her up. Because she's, 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 she's trying to initiate her. And she won't do things the initiated way. So I didn't see anything outright that was a botch. You know? And, and I didn't see it. And I watched it like three times. So I don't know. Um, someone tell me if you saw something. I think that uh, maybe I was I could have missed it, but I didn't see it. But anyways, to me, I think that's the story they're trying to tell. Um, anyways, the big big thing of the night here, the big thing, the news here for AEW was that Pac came back, and yeah, and you could, you could see because Ray Phoenix and Penta Zero, hell of a match. They both were ripping each other's mask off. I was like, you can see your face now. You know, they kept trying to cover it. Then why'd you rip the mask off, you idiots? Anyways, yeah, hell of a match. Eddie Kingston was on commentary. Well, Eddie Kingston said, well, AT&T, we have more time. So Eddie Kingston walks out. And he's in Penta 1, Penta 0 1. And so he kicks Phoenix out the ring. He's like, you don't need your brother. He's trying to provide dissension between the brothers. Then Pac came back. So Pac is going to be the one to bring the brothers back together. And then you're going to have Pac... And the Death Triangle, which was Pac and the Lucha Bros, against Eddie Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade. I, why would Eddie Kingston try to break Phoenix up from his brother? I don't know. That's a story that we're going to find out. And Eddie Kingston is one hell of a storyteller, so I'm looking forward to it. So I thought this was a good way to end the show. Look, I'm glad Pac is back. Uh, he came back at the probably the worst time. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's going to stay quarantined in Florida anyway, so it doesn't matter. But um, overall, this was a decent week in wrestling. A couple of heartbreaking things like the Tony Chimmel thing and the Zelina Vega thing. 
I do have more to say about this Zelina Figure thing, but I think I want to get my thoughts together first. I may do a side little show that's like 15, 20 minutes that's dedicated to just that when I get my thoughts all the way together. But we'll see. Anyways, that's the show for this week. Check me out on Wednesday. Um, I have not re- recorded a Wednesday show yet, so I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> I was thinking about doing the Teen Titan review, but also I had some people ask me, hey, where did I go for three years? So, I, and, that's a, and that's a show, actually, that has a crazy story about it. I actually recorded an episode, two episodes called The Explanation. When I first started recording the podcast again, they they both just didn't come out the way I wanted to. So I think what I'll do is I'll record both at some point in time this weekend when I have time. And I'll just make my, I'll make my determination then when I where I'm going to go. But it's going to be one of those two, either the Explanation episode or the Teen Titan review. Um, I do some things I want to talk about on the DC side of things, a lot of big news there. So we'll see either way, the next two weeks are covered and we'll, I'll figure it out. So either it'll be the explanation or teen Titans and you'll get one, you'll get both shows in the next two weeks on those Wednesday shows. But anyways, thank you for the extra content. As I said, not just this Sunday, you have the final of the best of survivor series. You also have the following week survivor series Sunday. You have... The Montreal Screwjob. A whole hour talking about it from January 96 to freaking 97, November 3rd. So, anyways, thanks for joining me this week, guys. I'm out.